This is Gabriel Ingetz, and you are listening to Toro Town Talks. Gabriel Ingetz is the founder of Runaway, the coolest and most visible local brand of apparel in Durham. His iconic design featuring a bull and the letters D-U-R-M almost seemed like an unofficial logo for the city. Runaway is much more than apparel in its flagship store on Main Street, however. It's a lifestyle brand that also embodies art exhibitions, concerts, and filmmaking. In the first of this two-part interview, Gabe tells the story behind his iconic design, which he was actually not fully sold on to begin with. He also shares a story of a woman going to great lengths to illegally reproduce this very design, as well as giving an insight to his overall creative process, which, in his own words, is about looking at life and death from the point of hilarity. Gabriel Ingetz is part of American Underground in Durham, North Carolina, also known as the startup capital of the South. This episode of Town Talks was recorded at American Underground, and is part of a series on the wide range of talents and businesses that occupy this unique community in downtown Durham. My first question for Gabe is a familiar one. When you've had a good day of work, what was it that made it so good? I mean, if, if I can get eight hours of sleep, that's a good start right there. You know, I'm a very, I love my sleep. So, you know, right now I'm on about maybe six hours. So I'm feeling okay. I got this coffee, so I'm trying to get through <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I know a good day, I think, is just like to have my whole team and myself on the same page, just crushing it at work. I think, um, you know, we got our office at American Underground, just got a new lamp for it yesterday, so the mood in there is very nice. The fluorescents have been shut off. Um, so yeah, I think, um, you know, a solid day with the store open, uh, with good sales and, um, you know, just good vibes in the store. And then, uh, you know, just my team in the office across the street, um, pushing the brand as far as we can. So that's a good day for me. Well, what are you doing on that really good day you're having? Are you, how much are you in the store? How much are you designing and developing new ideas? Honestly, I mean, my passion is with the arts. So I, my background is in fine arts. So anytime I'm doing anything art design related, um, if I'm in the zone, like that's, you know, my place of Zen. I think, um, you know, I'm in store one day a week. I feel like it is important for me to physically be in the shop, um, you know, checking people out, you know, selling my product. I feel like a lot of people come to the store, they don't know what Runaway is. And I am clearly the best suited person to tell them that. I can give them the whole story behind each design. But really, if I just got like some good music on and I'm just designing and illustrating things that, you know, I love and think people will love, then that's that's really a, a good day for me. How about a not so good day? What's a typical thing that can make your work life frustrating? Oh man, um, you know we're doing a lot of collaborations, just working with other people, and that can be super rewarding. But at the same time, people can be the worst, you know. And what's the worst kind of person you might run into? Not naming specific <laughs> names, but like, what's the what are the characteristics um, of a? Okay, for example, just the other day, mm-hmm. uh, not going to call this person out directly. But a private Facebook group for sales and trade and, you know, whatever. And it seems to be mostly like moms in, uh, you know, a nice neighborhood in Durham that are buying and selling and trading stuff. That's great. Um, Except a friend of mine sends me a screenshot. She's selling one of my designs on a sticker uh, in horrendous colorways. 
Um, first off, you know, not only is she copying my stuff, it's just bad. <laughs> it just look, it just makes me look bad. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is one of my designs I've been doing for years. It's really Runaway's most popular design. It, it's D-U-R-M in the shape of a bull. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see it all over town. It's, and so I send her a message and I'm like, hey, um, I just want to let you know that uh, you're using one of my designs to, you know, to sell. And, um, you know, I don't feel that this is okay. Would you please stop selling it? And, and then it goes into um, asking me if it's copyrighted or trademarked. And I'm like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> and I even have the trademark on the word DURM. But even if it wasn't, it's, you're still infringing. You're still taking my work and selling. And um, yeah, it's illegal either way, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just under general copyright law. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, she doesn't understand this. And, uh, you know, is basically like, oh, well, I need you to prove that with paperwork through a lawyer and all this stuff. And I'm like... I, okay, I, if you're going to really force me to call my lawyer, she's on vacation right now, but if you're going to force me to call her and send you this stuff, she wants it sent to a mailing address. And she said she'll halt the sale for three days. After that, she's going to keep selling them again if she doesn't receive proof that, you know, that this is not a copyright or trademarked item. And, and, and you know, all I did was I sent her a link to my website and said, okay, I understand, like, you know, honestly, I wanted to cuss her out, but I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to be, you know, the bigger person and, sure. and just be diplomatic about it. And I said, okay, well, you you know, you'll be hearing from my lawyer, but just so you know, here's my website, send it to her. And, and I said, I've been selling this product for years. In the end, she says, well, anyone can sell anything on the internet or Facebook. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced that this is your property. And if you continue to message me, I'll consider harassment. And so I haven't responded, obviously, because I don't want her to press charges. But that kind of stuff is the stuff that is... It, it makes my day a little worse. <laughs> so, and this is not the first time we've had people, um, you know, copying um, my, you know, my work and my team's work several times before. And let me just it, say, it's it's very important to have a, a good, a good lawyer. So. Oh yeah. Do you think it's sheer ignorance, or do you think it's cynically? I, I honestly think that she got caught, because I don't think anyone in their right mind could think that that was okay. Stupid stuff like that is just what can make a day bad, but that's yeah. very rare. Um, what was the moment you knew that you had to have a non nine to five kind of work life? Oh man. I mean, I wanted to be an artist my whole life. I feel like that path is already going against the grain there. Now you can definitely be, you know, a nine to five type artist, but um, that's never been the path for me. I mean, I went to illustration school at Syracuse university and, and, my whole path was to be a editorial illustrator, you know, and, and that's a, a freelance job and any freelance job is, is not going to be a nine to five. Um, and that was the direction. And I still do some freelance stuff. But um, yeah, I think I, I'd say since basically being a, a young teenager, I think right when I 12, 13, I really dedicated myself to art and knew that that was the path I had to go on. So, so you never had the experience like so many others of being stuck in an office life and then I got to break loose. Well, I will say, I mean, I've worked some, some shit jobs. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying all nine to fives are shit. No, no. But, um, you know, some jobs I've, you know, I, I before I went full in with Runaway, there was a year of Runaway where I had a nine to five. Yeah. And honestly, that was a very valuable experience because I learned a lot of skills that I use today. And on top of that, it... uh. It also just made me really see like I can't work. I have to work for myself. Yeah. You know, because I feel like I had this vision and th- that that was just going to get in the way of it. You know. 
was it uh, mainly the, so to speak, the the substance of the work you're doing, or was it more like the the constraints of having to be in an office at that time and having a boss and all those things? What it really was was um, I was juggling both, and I was working so much I was really unhappy. Um, juggling both runaway and that job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and freelancing for mostly music clients. I still do album art and, and tour posters when I have the chance. But I was doing a lot more of that at the time, too. Um, and that stuff, Runaway and working with musicians, because I'm a huge music fan, that was where I really wanted to put my time. And when I had to juggle both and I wasn't happy, then I knew that something had to change. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's really what it was, mostly. Um, you know, in some ways, I'm not going to lie, a nine to five, in, in certain aspects, if you're at a job where you can just shut off at five, go home and, and not even think about anything, mm -hmm. there is some beauty in that. You know, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. But, um, you know, I, I, I obsess over, over my work. And so, like, if I have to be constantly thinking about it, even dreaming about it, I, it's not an issue for me. No. You know. What's your artistic process like when you uh, design a t-shirt and how do you usually come up with the idea and how do you execute it? Man, that's a tough question because I think inspiration comes anywhere, everywhere. Um, you know, I gain a lot of inspiration from Durham, clearly, because a lot of the stuff is mm -hmm. Durham-centric. But, um, you know, I pull influence from anything. I mean, I've, I love to, to travel. I love, um, you know, just picking from different cultures and things. Um, I grew up on Tintin books. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, love that stuff. Um, and I did a shirt a few years ago where I basically, you know, I've always been super inspired by not only the, the stories, but the art. I, I created this kind of spinoff of Tintin, but instead it's the adventures of Sin Sin. <laughs> nice. So it was basically Tintin just doing a lot of fucked up stuff. <laughs> um, and he's running through uh, this alleyway and you have Snowy, his dog with a bone in its mouth, but he's also, you know, doing it doggy style with another dog. <laughs> so Snow is, you know, a little, a little hellion too. The captain's head's been cut off and that's laying on the ground and big puddle of blood and Tintin has a big knife, you know, so clearly he's like committing murder and they're just like running through town, just marauding the whole place. Right. Um, Feel good stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of my stuff definitely has like a little bit of a darker humorous edge to it, I'd say. Um, at least I've been told. Uh, I do find life and death. That's a big influence in my work. Um, just kind of the darker side of life in general. But looking at it from like a, a point of hilarity mm -hmm. is how I like to think about it. Sure. Um, so, for instance, like that one was inspired by that. Um, grew up on that, sketched it out in my sketchbook, and that one sat around for probably like a year. And then I eventually inked it out, scanned it, digitally colored it, and then um, at that point uh, turned it into a color separation because that's what I was doing at my um, nine to five job. We were just speaking, oh, yeah. I was doing color, color separations, and then sent it off to a, a, a local screen printer, and they did an awesome job making it come to life. Nice, so yeah, cool. How about just to hear the story behind the your most famous design? How did that come about? The DORM bowl? Yeah. Um, okay, so DORM is something that um, I always made to be a very local thing. It's for people who have are from here or have been here for a long time, and, and they know how to say, or not know how to say it, but they've kind of grew up saying Durham instead yeah. of like Durham. 
Durham. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that a lot. So, um, you know, DORM was a thing. It was just a hyper-local movement. It's like, say it like you're from here. Um, I just played around with that, like, four letters. I, I never imagined it would kind of become, I, I think, like a, a minor sensation within the city. It's, it's used on all kinds of stuff now. I see the hashtag everywhere. Um, but I just put it on a hat, and, and it kind of just developed from there. And then I thought, you know, obviously incorporating a bull, bull city, mm -hmm. with the word D-U-R-M, Durham. Um, combining the two was just the next inevitable step. Um, and I love, like, ever since I was a kid, I'd always um, make letters out of, out of um, different imagery. Mm -hmm. um, so this was... Basically, like just it's just a no-brainer for me to try this design out. Um, but the interesting part about it is when I made it, I wasn't fully sold on it. I was on the ropes about releasing it, and um, at the last minute, I just threw it in our uh, a spring collection a couple years ago and um, took off. Yeah, I mean, it was just like I couldn't believe it. Like um, I, I was this is before the store was around. This was mm -hmm. before uh, I was really doing any kind of numbers. Um, online or in these retailers that I was pushing to as soon as I started putting that shirt in my in my retailers in Durham um, I just started seeing them everywhere uh, ox and rabbit a store that used to be on Ninth Street um, Brian who, who gave me the owner who gave me a chance to stock stuff there and has been like a, a retail mentor to me um, he sold enough of that sh that t-shirt pretty much and a few other runaway products to uh, cover his rent for the whole year and, and that was just my stuff and he was selling you know all kinds of stuff on top of that you know, yeah. it was just a few shelves with my shirts and that's really when I realized I was really on something and that I could open my own store this concludes the first part of my interview with Gabriel and Goods tune in next week for the second half in which Gabe reveals what he would think about someone wearing a runaway shirt and a make America great again hat this episode was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Miguel Elbeck. The soothing beat you're currently listening to was put together for you by Jason Lytle from Granddaddy. Their current album is called Last Place, and if you haven't already, you should listen to my personal favorite song from the album, which bears the title, I Don't Want to Live Here Anymore. Please hit subscribe if you don't want to miss part two of the interview with Gabriel and Gitz, or any future episodes of Torotown Talks. Thanks a lot for listening.